Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Days of Roar, a Detroit Tigers podcast brought to you by the Detroit Free Press. My name is Mark Gorosh. I am here with Detroit Tigers beat writer Evan Petzold coming to you from Houghton Lake, Michigan, where he is looking at fall colors and getting a little R&R postseason. Um, we're going to abandon the big two for the first time in a long time. And we're going to devote as much as we can to this pot in this podcast to discussing the entire Detroit Tigers 40 man. We'll see if we have some time at the end to talk about playoff baseball. But, uh, Ev, how you doing? How's things up north? And, uh, how you feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Really happy to get up north. It's a place that I hold very dear to my heart. My grandparents have a place up here, Houghton Lake, and I got to spend some time with them. So, got the wife, Savannah, and then, you know, my two grandparents. and we just spent a lot of good quality time together. We threw some cards down, played a little Euchre. Um, they're a pretty dangerous team. They've been doing it for a long time. So uh, they whooped us in three games in a row. But no, aside from that, I mean, it's just, yeah, beautiful fall colors. Um, you know, not the greatest of weather, obviously, anymore, but still great weather to go on walks. I mean, Savannah and I, we love going on our walks. And so, you know, we went out there, we did five miles back to back days. Um, and just kind of, you know, walked and walked around, looked at, you know, what people were doing. A lot of folks were, you know, getting their stuff cleaned up for the winter. Other people were, you know, working on, you know, house bills that they're trying to, to do, whether it's, you know, in a good kind of put an extension on the house or some one person, actually, you might know more about this, but they had the whole kind of, they had the whole house kind of raised up. I don't know what they're trying to add underneath it or if they're just trying to move the house. No idea. But again, we walk around, we see that kind of stuff, see the leaves change. Really enjoy So wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. As a builder, I need to get clarification on this, not to bore our audience, but so they had the entire house, what on uh, a few pieces of steel lifted up. Let me try to show you a picture. Hmm. And I, it's hard for me to see from that picture, but is there a basement underneath that house or not? I don't think so. Maybe they're trying to dig one. Can they dig? Can you dig a basement out and then just put a house back on top? I don't think it works that way. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're trying to put a basement in that place and that's why it's up. I mean, it's raised up on like cinder blocks and it looks like some. Well, they could be also. Add, it, 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 it could have a basement and they could be adding cinder blocks so they can make the basement more functional. There's a lot of things they could be do, doing, but without Mark Gorash up there to do an inspection, we'll just have to leave it to our admit, it, it, uh, imagination. But um, right. you know what? We'll see what it's like next summer, but we do have. A lot to do when it comes to the 40-man roster, right? I mean, we're kind of talking about it, and you, you get into the offseason, and it's 46 players on the 40-man five days after the World Series. The Tigers are going to have to get that number from 46 down to 40, and there's really a lot to dig into, right? I mean, nah, have, they're going to they're do 
Yeah, they'll go to 40, but sure. really, it really, they're they're in their mind when they do this exercise. They're probably going to get down to 36 or 7 because there's going to be some additions, which means there's going to be some subtractions. They just won't be immediate. For sure, for sure. But they have to get down to 40. That's the big thing. So you're looking at, you know, Matthew Boyd, Jose Cisnero, they become free agents. Eduardo Rodriguez, maybe he joins them in free agency. Miguel Cabrera retires. So if those players are out, you're down to 42. There's still just a lot to dig into, especially because, like you said, mid-November, you got to put players on the 40-man to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. There's some interesting candidates for that we can get into um, at a later time. But just some names, Dylan Dingler, Kyder Montero, Wilmer Flores, like those are some names that need to be protected. And then you got to look at making additions. And that comes from the free agent market. That comes from the trade market. There's going to be a lot of changes. I think it's really important to dive into you know, how we feel like every player on the 40-man roster produced. Some of them didn't even pitch. Some of them didn't even play. But just to look at, hey, what did they do this year? And kind of what is their future with this organization? I think that's, that's a really big deal. You know, I'm, I'm excited to get into it. There were winters like last year when... I could have probably cut 23, 25, maybe 27 off the 40, man, and would have been <clears throat> happy to do it. Uh, and, you know, you think I'm kidding you, but I'm not. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, as we have the Rangers and Astros playoff game playing in front of me, Let's let's get into this discussion. And it, for those of you who have the capacity to read the free press uh, on the 12th of October, Evan Petzold wrote an article all about this called Evaluating Every Tiger Player Entering the Offseason. So we know we got to add Keter Montero, Wilmer Flores, and Darren Dingler. Jake Higginbotham, I don't think we need to... Uh, worry too much about. And uh, Roberto Campos is, let's jump right off and get into Roberto Campos uh, and talk about that. Uh, well, let's save that for later. Let's, But we're going to have to deal with Robert Campos because the question is, are we adding him to the 40 or not? So for sure, or, I think the big thing is who, who to are we going to remove right now? Who are we going to remove right now? I think is 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 the big thing, and we'll start with Matthew Boyd. Just go down the list, right? Looking at starting pitchers. With well, the, 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 okay. Well, look, it's right now on the sixty day IL. You have Matthew Boyd, and so the question is, will he throw a pitch in twenty twenty four? The answer is unlikely. Um, I think that it's very doubtful that they're going to take up a 40 spot for Matthew Boyd. They may work out a deal with him to sign him to a minor league deal with a major league contract for 2025. Or, but I, or they, you know, it, you can't put him on the 60-day IL um, during the winter. So, you know, I, I find it difficult to believe they're going to devote a 40-man spot to Matthew Boyd. What's your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. He's going to become a free agent. And that maybe is one of those deals that in March, maybe you see where his market is at. If he's picked up with anybody and if not, maybe you offer him a minor league deal and you say, hey, come on on board. And, you know, if we can get you activated and get you back pitching next year, maybe you got a chance to join us. If not, he might just have to sit and wait. I mean, that that really could be the case with Tommy John. He's going to be out for a while. So I think that'll be his case. Sawyer Gibson Long is the next name on the list. He really impressed me down the stretch. I think you know, elite extension, filthy changeup, definitely going to be competing for a spot in the starting rotation next spring. I liked what I saw from him. Guaranteed 40, man, not even worth 
debating. All right, Matt Manning. You know, Matt Manning's on the 40. The bigger question becomes, is Matt Manning used in a trade this winter? We've had a lot of talks about this, Mark, and I, I see Matt Manning as a guy, especially when you look at the fact that they have to add, you know, Kyder Montero. They have to add Wilmer Flores. Now, how do those two players fit in in the future? You know, we'll see. But the fact is, they're pitchers, they're arms, they're going to throw innings. Matt Manning, injury troubles, sure, some of them are unlucky, but he can't stay healthy, doesn't strike out a ton of batters. But you look at his profile as a whole, who he is, you said it before, I say it too. I think there's a lot of teams that can look at that and say, okay, maybe if we make a couple tweaks here or there, we can get him to be, you know, a frontline type starting pitcher. Whereas the Tigers have been trying to do that for a while now. I think the value is still high enough to make a move and trade him. I think that's the best possible situation that they could that they could try to do is you know, trade Matt Manning, get some offense back, and then rely on the rest of the pitching depth you have. Well, so let's let's address this. First first and foremost, people can say whatever they want. Um, health has absolutely been an issue. However, Matt Manning's been healthy the last two years. He's been damn good. I mean, you, you, you people can argue with me, but I dare you to look it up. He's been damn good. So, uh, I mean, number two or three starter quality per productivity wise, good for, for the Detroit Tigers. The question is how much better can they make them? A B, what would you want in a trade? And could you get it? So I think pitching's always at a premium, especially controllable pitching. I think they need to find out. I will say this, and this is kind of crazy, and for those of you that like to watch playoff baseball, because Mark Gora sure does, um, when you look at Zach Wheeler and you break down Matt Manning, you break down the height, the extension, the fastball heavy, you, you know, type of pitching, the shape of his pitches, Matt Manning is uh, Zach Wheeler light. The question will be, can you convince Matt Manning to throw 95-96 all the time like Zach Wheeler does instead of 92-93? But there's a lot of Matt Manning in similar style to Zach Wheeler. So, Zach Wheeler? For sure. Well, hey, there was another comparison that you made too. And just to jump into Casey Mize because he's next on the list. Obviously didn't pitch because of Tommy John. I think he's a dark horse candidate to lead the rotation into the future, depending on how he comes back health-wise. I wasn't very encouraged with his rehab assignment or his rehab had been going, you know, towards the end of the season with some stops and some starts in there. I didn't love that. But at the same time, he was doing a lot for a really long time. So I get it. I want to see him fresh in spring training. I'm very interested to see what he looks like. He's definitely going to be in the mix of the Tigers next year. But Mark, you had a little comp for him and I liked it. What, Aaron Nola when I was talking about? Aaron yeah, Nodal yeah, the other that, day. That was that yeah. was the name he so, threw out. But not 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 quite the same curveball, but a lot a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities in style, pitch shape. Uh, it, there's there's a lot. It's a decent count. I mean, it, it, what I will say about Aaron Nola, which I have mad respect for Aaron Nola, mad respect for him. Aaron Nola goes out there every five days, baby, year after year after year after year. I mean. He throws 175 to 200 every year. So, I mean, that's a, that's a guaranteed four war when he walks right out on the mound, out of the dugout every year. So, But, yeah, I mean, the Tigers have a lot of interesting right-handed pitching. It could be very, very quality. And, you know, sometimes you have to rebalance assets. We talk about that quite a bit. Um, but Matt Manning, obviously a lock for the 40. Casey Mize was next. 
um, which we know he's a lock. And I'm sure that they're tweaking his rehab now that the season's over and he's out of the spotlight. He's down in Lakeland. I'm going to actually ask you to do a little detective work and see kind of what's going on there after how the season ended. It'd be a good time to do that. So I wondered if they laid him off or if they kept working them in ups and up and downs. I'd, I'll be curious to see what happens. All right, next we got probably the biggest surprise of 2023, Reese Olsen. Obviously a lock, not only for the 40, but for the rotation, right? 100%, hands down. No question right. about it. All right, now we got our first uh, probably deletion from the 40. Um, we have Eduardo Rodriguez and... As time's gone on, I love the idea of keeping them. But uh, the question is, what's the cost? What's the terms? And what's the patience level of his employer? So talk to me. Yeah, all those things are really up in the air right now. Obviously, he vetoed the trade to the Dodgers. He's expected to opt out of the contract. That's three seasons and $49 million. He has to do that within five days after the World Series. If he does that, the Tigers and Eduardo Rodriguez, they enter this exclusive five-day negotiating period. But at the same time, from everything that I've heard, the Tigers don't, they don't seem like motivated to re-sign him if he opts out. Maybe they could, you know, reconsider that as the offseason goes on, depending on how Erod's market plays out. But at the same time, they just don't seem super motivated to make a deal there. Maybe that changes. Maybe some of that is posturing from both sides, right? That's kind of part of the process. But at the same time, the guy had a 4-2-4 ERA in his final 15 starts. I think he provides value as an innings eater, but at the same time, is he really a number one or a number two? Probably not. He's more of a three or a four. I think he ends up walking. That's two names off the list now, Matthew Boyd and Water Rodriguez. Okay. Hard hard to argue with that. I still like to see him uh, see him stay. I don't think he'll lack for suitors, that's for sure. Um, next on the list is Tarek Skubal. Uh, hopefully he's, uh, wrapped in bubble wrap, um, has security with him and, uh, is taking good care of himself. I'm not even sure I'd let him use, uh, a knife and a fork this off season. I want to make sure he stays healthy. So hey, real quick, that's the scary part though, right? I mean, and we got to make this quick, but would you ever consider trading him? Because there are some concerns about the medical history. If he stays healthy, we know he's going to be a Cy Young candidate. What's your thoughts there? Do you even do you even give a thought to that? Yes. I think but you have to, right? I, yeah. I, 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 well, here's my question to you. If Baltimore came and said, I'll trade you Jackson Holiday for Tarek Skubal, what's your answer? Let's do it. Okay. Is Baltimore going to do that? Probably not. Yeah. I, I, you know, After watching the playoffs, <laughs> they should have made the phone call already. Okay. But, uh, you know, there, there's there's maybe four players in baseball if you're going to have a reasonable discussion about it that teams might offer for Tarek Skubal where you would actually have to go you need to give me 10 minutes to have uh, have some thoughts about what you just proposed to me and uh, I'll let you know in 10 minutes um, but I don't think that's happening. There was a time this season when I was much more aggressive giving that idea some thought, but he just was too good. He he just made me believe that it probably is a mistake. So, all right. Next up on the list, we have one of Mark Gorash's favorites, Spencer Turnbull. Uh, do I think Spencer is going to get non-tendered? 
No. Do I think Spencer Turnbull is a Detroit Tiger come March 1st in its reporting time? Uh, I do not. So I would say there's a decent chance we create a 40-man spot with Spencer Turnbull unless what we get back are people that need to be on the 40. What's your take? Here's how I see this going down. I I really think that Spencer Turnbull is going to be a Detroit Tiger come spring training, and he's going to come to camp, expected to uh, compete for a spot in the starting rotation. When he doesn't win it, it's going to be, okay, bullpen or Toledo. And that's what it's gonna, and that's what it's gonna come down to because this guy was kind of always destined to be a reliever. It seems I know he threw the no hitter. I know there was hype around him, but at the same time, the command is too all over the place. But he does have stuff that could play out of the bullpen. I think it works out perfectly for the Tigers. Move him to the bullpen. Turnbull then gets his service time. He gets to do, you know, what he wants to do in in that that area, and I'm sure he's happy there. But at the same time, you got to pitch good if you want to be in the rotation. I don't think he's gonna pitch well enough. I think he moves to the bullpen. Okay, so I'll give you my short spin on this because any any time I talk about Spencer Turnbull, to me, uh, is time I'm wasting. Uh, all right, who do you think the Tigers value and will be a starting pitcher in 2024 between Spencer Turnbull and let me throw out a few names. Who's who's ahead on this list? Uh, Jackson Joe. I don't know if he's going to be up next year. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I think there's a chance. But I, I, at the same I, I, time, I'll give I, you my I'll give you my I'll give you my Jackson Job take, which I did in August, and people scoffed at me, and I'll give it again. Um, he'll be in the rotation before June first. Um, so Let's I would say Jackson wins. Job. <laughs> I, I would say Jackson Job ahead of Spencer Turnbull. Okay. All right. Let's move to Joey. Once. That's a guy who was obviously a huge disappointment, you know, in 2023. Too many pitches, especially four seam fastballs over the middle of the strike zone. He paid for it. Doesn't have any minor league options remaining. So he might be designated for assignment. I think he's going to be off the 40 man at some point. He probably sticks on, you know, throughout the offseason. But then at some point, they're going to have to make a move and, and try to send him to Toledo. Got a DFA him to do that. Um, don't see him sticking around much longer. He, he blew his opportunity. I think Joey Wentz will. Pitch himself on or off the Detroit Tigers in the spring. He's not getting DFA'd. Um, all right, let's move the relievers. Tyler Alexander. Interesting case. I mean, this is a guy who suffered a you know left lat slash so- shoulder sprain in early July. But at the same time, he got his you know throwing program going in mid-September. He should have a normal offseason. He should show up healthy to spring training. There are a ton of other guys out there that are lefties who can eat up innings, but at the same time, I think there's some value in bringing him back. I mean, the command of the strike zone is just so good. So I think they bring him back. I think uh, if he's staying, he's staying on a minor league deal or a two-way deal. Um, You know, I just... Depends on how aggressive they want to reshuffle their 40, but I think we've reached the end of the line for Tyler Alexander. Just... Easily replaced and not young anymore. Has a limited ceiling and just, you know, he's more of a glue guy than he is a productivity guy. So, um, guys throw 89, 90 and eat innings as mop-up guys are a dime a dozen. Um, Bo Brisky. Love the stuff. I hate the fact that he still doesn't have a starter's slider, if you will. But look, the guy's got a filthy changeup. He, 
you know, works well in the mid leverage role. I think he has high leverage upside. Fastball velo was up. Chase rate was up. Whiff rate was up. Again, like I said, don't love the slider, but at the same time, you know, if you're putting, putting him in that mid, you know, leverage role where he's able to eat up, you know, two, three innings, maybe go through that order one time. I think he's really valuable. So I see him in the bullpen to start the 2024 season. Uh, yeah. Either that or in a trade, one or the other. He's a, he's a lock on the 40. Jose Cisnero, we can spend two seconds on this. Like to thank you for, thank you for your service. And, uh, you'll be not, you know, you're a free agent. You're bye bye. Uh, Miguel Diaz. Interesting case. Oh my gosh. This one's so tough because he's pitched well in his opportunities that he's gotten, but at the same time, like we don't really know how that plays over an entire, you know, 162 game season. So two times September call up, you know, this season and last season, but he spent most of the past two seasons in AAA. He increased the uses of his slider this year to complement that above average changeup that he has. Again, great and limited opportunities, but also I think he could be kind of faced with that similar path that he's had, you know, in recent history where, you know, you're off the 40 by way of designated for assignment, sign a minor league deal, come to spring training, compete for a job. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you go to Toledo and you come up at some point during the season. That's kind of how I see it playing out for him. But I like him. I like him so much. But I, I just, for some reason, the Tigers don't as much. I think uh, he played his way on the island. And uh, I think Hinch likes him. And, you know, as a matter of discussion, uh, Miguel Diaz or Spencer Turnbull. Good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's on the island for me. Shows up, does what he's told, earned greater responsibility by performance from his manager. I think he's on the team. Uh, and I think they actually feel foolish that they devoted a spot to the next guy instead of Miguel Diaz. So next up on our list, Mason Englert. Mason Englert obviously, you know, went down with that injury and then kind of just stayed on the IL. I think that was probably the best thing for him. Um, you know, a guy who pitched for the Tigers until July 22nd. And, you know, when you are picked in the Rule 5 draft as he was, you know, picked from the Texas Rangers, you have to stay on the active roster or the injured list for the entire season. Pitched until July 22nd, spent the rest of the season on the injured list due to left hip tightness. He went through his, you know, rehab assignment and then they kind of just like shut him down and basically redid the rehab assignment, but he never ended up going to pitch anywhere. They basically just shut him down in a way. Um, I don't know if that's like a loophole. It sure seemed that way, but that was the best thing for him though. He needs more time to develop in the minor leagues. Now that he's no longer, you know, just fresh off that rule five eligibility, he can go down to Toledo next year, work as a starter, work as a reliever. I think that's where he's going to be, but he will be on the 40 man roster. Uh, hate the idea that that's true, but it's probably true. Um, do I, would he be on Mark Gorosh's 40 man roster? Absolutely not. Um, but he's probably going to be on Scott Harris's, uh, Alex Fiedo. Yeah. Alex Fiedo. I think he's going to be on the 40 man. I think he's, you know, still in place there. Um, but again, this is a guy who wasn't really effective as a starter, hadn't been effective as a starter at the big league level. They moved into the bullpen. The three-pitch mix looked a lot better coming out of the pen. So I think he comes to spring training searching for that job in the opening day bullpen. Does he win it? I have no idea. But is he on the 40-man roster when he shows up and, and is competing for a job? Definitely. I think that Alex has had more injuries than we like to acknowledge. This finger injury issue, hopefully they've remedied with surgery postseason. Um, getting kind of frustrating. Um I don't think there's any doubt in 
anybody's mind now. He's become a bulk inning reliever. Um, another reason why Tyler Alexander will likely not be on the 40. Um, but I would say, yes, he's on the 40, and this will be the last year he's on the 40 if he doesn't throw better. Um, next up, we got Jason Foley. That's obviously a lock, right? Yeah, he's a lock. Hands down, no question about it. I mean, this this guy, I look, the sinker is so good, man. The sinker is just so good. Gets ground ball outs. I think for him, the next step is if he really wants to be a closer, if he wants to be that lockdown guy, I think he's got to improve the slider, got to improve the changeup. That's kind of been the thing. But the sinker is great for that seventh, eighth inning role on a postseason type team. He's a lock. All right. Brendan Hanafy. I don't think we need to waste a lot of time on this. I, obviously, he's, he's going to get DFA'd or non-tendered, and he'll be off the 40. Right. Yeah, DFA for sure, but also I think that there is a chance that maybe he could return and show to spring, show up to spring training with a minor league deal in hand, hoping to compete for something and you know see what happens. They did that last year. I think it very well could be the case again. Yeah, I think he needs to meet a genie and have the genie add three miles an hour to his fastball. Um, Garrett Hill, I think the Garrett Hill era in the Detroit Tiger system is also going to come to an end because I just don't think he is a major league caliber pitcher in this iteration. Somebody else may be able to do things with him that the Tigers could not, but I don't think he merits a 40 spot anymore. He's 27 years old and he's never shown the capacity to either throw strikes or get people out. Yeah, he's gone. Um, Tyler Holton. Tyler Holton is obviously not just on the 40. He's, uh, he is the 40. He's he's the man. So He is the guy. I mean, for real, uh, though. Like, what, what, hey, shout out to, you know what? Hat tip to Scott Harris for that one. Hat tip to Scott hat, Harris. Hat, hat, hat tip to Scott Harris for that one. Uh, somebody cut that and keep it as a, as like a drop. They can use that for me anytime <laughs> they want. We'll plug it in. Um, That's funny. Al- Alex Lang, which I noticed that, Somebody in the editing department has referred to Alex Lang as a left-handed pitcher in the Free Press article, and I'm going to have to have a talk with somebody. Um, Alex Lang, obviously on the 40. I do want to say that Evan Petzold wrote an outstanding article about Alex Lang, touched on all things Alex Lang, anything from his workout regimen how he prepares, how durable he is, what was great, what was bad, what he did. And uh, I thought it was extremely enlightening. So I think the bottom line about Alex Lang, we are going to continue to pound is he just can't walk this many people. And uh, he learned a few things about that, but it doesn't change the fact that he still throws 14% fastballs and he needs to stop walking people. I'm not sure he's legitimately a closer. And when people scoff at me, when I say that, it hurts me to say that, but he also had one of the lower save rates in the American league. And I would hope that the Tigers entertain the idea of adding somebody with the capacity to pitch high leverage or close in this free agency period. Ronaldo Lopez. And I, uh, you know, I, what did what did you think when you had a long talk with Alex? I mean, you wrote a great piece about it. Why don't we touch a little bit about it? 
Yeah, he was really reflective on, you know, all things, both the positive of, you know, being able to keep his body healthy back-to-back seasons to the fact that he really struggled to throw strikes and it, it really comes down to executing it. I think the quote that I that really stood out to me was, you know, it's a battle within yourself. That was what he said. And um, that was the case for him. And, and I think this the stuff is obviously good enough to be a closer. The command is not. And so that's the big hurdle for him. He needs to take that next step if he wants to keep his job as the closer. He's on the 40. He's going to be on the opening day roster next year. But if you really want to be the closer and you want to be that guy, you're going to have to throw strikes. That's really what it comes down to. Curveball's nasty. Changeup's nasty. You know, sinker can be really, really good. You know, he also has the four-seam fastball that he started to mix in a little bit more towards the mid midway through the season. And so he's got a four-pitch mix, but you got to throw strikes. You have to be inside the zone. That that that's that's a non-negotiable at this level. And that's what it comes down to with him. Uh, no questions asked. All right, we got five more pitchers to get through, but before we do that, we're going to take our first break. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's try to jump through these last five arms we have. We have somebody that you and I are both kind of excited about. Not sure he'll be ready to really do too much pitching till uh, late June, maybe even the All-Star break. But we have Freddy Pacheco, who's in a, a really interesting arm they picked up from St. Louis during spring training last year. Obviously got DFA because he was hurt. Uh, that was a big part of it. And Tigers tried to see if they could rehab him a little bit. Finally needed TJ. Throws 96 to 100 with a great slider. Really interesting guy. Um, He will be on the 40, though. You agree? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you don't pick a player up like this if you're not going to keep him and, you know, let him go through the rehab process. And I'm excited to see him debut next year, but he's got to get healthy. And the Tigers are kind of going to be in that wait-and-see mode to see, you know, is this guy going to return to form or is he not? I think some of the command issues, um, you know, hopefully they can clean that up through that rehab process and they can get his body working the way that you know, they feel like it needs to, get him in the lab with Robin Lund and Chris Fetter. And maybe there's a way that they're able to kind of get him to throw some more strikes. That's the big key for him. But the stuff is really good, fastball slider. Um, yeah, if he's throwing strikes, it's going to work. So I'm excited to see him. But yeah, definitely on the 40. All right. Next one's a little more controversial for us because I am smelling a disagreement. But uh, left-handed pitcher Andrew, the slider man Vasquez, uh, picked up very late in the year. uh, Showed an absolute inability to even consider throwing a strike in leverage. Um, But on the 40, your thoughts? No chance. So you think he's, he's probably cut from the 40? I think so. I think you have to. And that's probably why I think Tyler Alexander stays, to be honest. I mean, Tyler Alexander, the command is just so good. You're not like, he's not like you're paying him that much money anyway through the arbitration process for Vasquez. He's not eligible for arbitration. You can just cut him, move on. Maybe you get him on a minor league deal, bring him back to spring training, see what he's got. But at the same time, the guy throws a ton of sliders and he doesn't get any whiffs with them. He doesn't miss bats. 
So it's just not going to work unless he's really painting the corners. He didn't show an ability to do that with the Tigers. He was a little bit better at it with the Phillies, of course, but at the same time, I ain't buying it. And to revisit the conversation off the record, when we claimed them, Mark Gouache said to Evan, Evan, why'd we claim this guy? He's not good. Um, all right. Will Vest, absolutely a lock on the 40. Um, had Definitely. a pretty damn, solid, pretty damn solid year. Is super useful. The idea of trying to increase his leverage, not, not feeling it yet, but uh, I, I, I do like quite a bit, uh, you know, what he does in, in, in the fifth and the sixth for sure. For so. sure. No, he can, he can pitch the fifth, sixth. And if you need him to pitch the seventh on days where, you know, maybe you got some guys down or maybe even the eighth, like he can do that. Like he has the stuff to do it. I don't think he is an eighth inning guy, if you will. But at the same time, if he's a sixth inning guy that bleeds into the seventh inning, sometimes that's perfect. And I think he can handle that role just fine. All right. Uh, Brendan White. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Tigers like what he can do from like a metric standpoint when you take a peek at, you know, the FIP was better than the ERA. Like, that's obviously a good thing. Something that the Tigers are obviously going to look at. Four-seam fastball was really good, but his secondary pitches just weren't, you know, consistent. I think that's a guy who, if he can just simplify some things, he's going to be a lot better off. I think he stays in the 40-man, but I don't think he makes the opening day roster. He's probably headed to AAA Toledo. He's he's on the 40, though. Definitely. Yeah, Trey Wingunner. That's an interesting one because the Tigers are going to have to make a decision. Are they going to pay him $1.1 million? You know, roughly around there. That's estimated by MLB trade rumors as part of that arbitration process. Do they pay him $1.1 million to bring him back? Or do you non-tender him? You send him off into free agency and you move on. I think he's probably going to be on the bubble. Um, I, I, again, I love the strikeout rate in his limited time with the Tigers. Obviously, he can strike out a ton of guys, but you never know where the ball is going when he throws it. That's the biggest uh, right. concern with him. I, I, I would say he's he's getting cut. And I'll give you a perfect parallel why. When it came time to throw anything resembling leverage, or it came time to be an opener. Yeah, he crumbled. When any in, when it, no, when any innings were important, especially the last six weeks of the season when both were on the roster. Who pitched? Miguel Diaz or Trey Wingenter? Miguel Diaz. There you go. So I would so. Let's review. I think uh, we're going to lose Wingenter. We're losing uh, Vasquez, two. Garrett Hill, three. Hanafi, four. Uh, Cisnero, five. I said Tyler Alexander. You think he's on the roster. So at a minimum, five five pitchers. Getting from the bullpen, from well, it just just from the from the pitching staff. Five pitchers are getting let go, and we'll add Matthew Boyd to that to make it six. So, um, you've now taken you've you freed up six spots on the forty. And we'll start at the forty six rather than the forty two because Boyd was a free agent. Okay, for sure. So now we're now we're down to now we're already down to forty. Let's move to and the position. And that, and that wasn't counting Roder Rodriguez either. So you tossed him into right. that mix. Now, down to now, we're at, now, now we're at 39. We're at seven. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move the position players. Got Carson Kelly. It's an interesting case. Very interesting case. Again, $3.5 million team option. The Tigers get the decision. Do we want to bring him back or do we want to, you know, 
basically decline that team option and, and let him go be a free agent again. I think they're going to pick him up. I think they brought him in for a reason. It's to be a backup catcher to Jake Rogers. I don't think that Dylan Dingler is going to be ready yet. We talked about that guy as being you know someone they need to add to the 40-man roster before the Rule 5 draft to protect him. I don't think that he's going to be ready to make the opening day roster. So I think keeping Carson Kelly around is going to be a big plus for them. I, I don't love what he offers really offensively or defensively. Nothing really stands out. Um, but I do think he's just a generally like an average backup catcher. And for 3.5 million, I think uh, I'd be good enough to pick that up and, and roll with him. Here's what I'll say. He's definitely on the roster. Do I think they'll pay him 3.5 million? Uh, I think they're going to try not to. Well, that's the I team think, option though. That's the team option. That's the well, choice. That they I, 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 I think they may say to him, look, we'd like to keep you around. I don't know if we want to pay $3.5 million. Would you take $2.5 million? Would you take $2 million? Because that's it's a question that Carson Kelly's going to have to decide because I'm not so sure in the out in the free marketplace, he's getting too much more than two point five million. So Yeah, but they don't yeah, but look at their payroll. It doesn't does that does that does that yeah. one million really matter? Uh not to me. I would rather I would rather spend it on Carson Kelly than pizza windows. So <laughs> um Jake Rogers, <laughs> I'll I'll fight somebody if that's a problem. I Hat mean, tip to yeah. Jake Rogers this year, man. I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, not look, not only did he hit 21 home runs, right? But defense was great. He ranked in the 90th percentile for blocks above average, 80th percentile for pitch framing, 59th percentile for pop time. You know, 21 homers. Look, the walk rate isn't great, great. The strikeout rate is terrible. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think and I think that there's a lot of room for improvement in many ways. I mean, for JT sure, Rogers, the batting average is no good either. But at the same time, if you're going to hit, if you're going to hit 20 plus homers and you're going to play elite defense, everyone's taking that. That's a number and, one. And I think he'll throw better next year. I For think. sure, I agree. So, I mean, Jake, Jake before the TJ, he could really rip down the second. So, um, yeah, Jakey, obviously. Donnie Sands, interesting discussion. <laughs> not an interesting discussion. He's gone. I mean, look, okay. they got to add Dylan Dingler, and they're going to have—they're not going to carry four catchers on the forty man. I, I don't think, at least. Um, I think Dylan Dingler finds his way on there, and, and Donnie Sands gets removed. Me too. I just don't think there's any point. I, I don't Donnie, think anyone's picking him up. Donny Sands, we hardly knew you. Uh, Miguel, obviously, bye bye. Um, we love Enjoy you. Retirement. We, you are now in charge of being the most special of the special assistants. So, uh, Javi Baez, Javi Baez is a lock. Hope he goes to drive line, works on his hitting. We've talked at infinitum about Javi Baez. I don't really feel like talking about Javi this week. Not me either. He's going to be on the 40. He's coming back. He's going to make $25 million. And uh, yeah, he better hit better than 634 OPS. That's what he's hitting his first two seasons with the Tigers. Got to improve, man. You just yeah. have to be better than that. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to an interesting topic. And you wrote something about it this week. And he had a great year. Andy Abanez. And... Uh, I think I've gone on record as saying if Cole Keith is starting in second base, Andy Abanez is playing second base against really tough left-handers and probably playing some mm -hmm. third base with Zach McKinstry while Cole Keith plays second base. So, you know, yeah, tell I think me, Andy Abanez is a lot to be back. I mean, look, this guy quietly put up a really, really good season for the Tigers. He hit 268 with 11 home runs, a 744 OPS. 6.3% walk rate, 18% strikeout rate, 103 WRC plus. I mean, across the board, the guy was great. 
He also played really well down the stretch too, hitting 290 with a 792 OPS in his final 94 or his final 74 games. Excuse me. He should make the 2024 opening day roster. I think he might even be, you know, a primary infielder, whether it's second base or third base. Jace Young is not going to be ready on opening day. Colt Keith is going to be ready on opening day. I think they could mix and match with those two quite a bit. I like it. I think Andy Abinas has a lot of good things for a team. Yeah, he's a 400 at bat player. I, I, he he absolutely Definitely. raked. I, he, he may, have in fact, rake more next year than he did this year. I think he might walk more. And he was quite good. Quite good to say the least. All right, Ryan Kreidler. Interesting case here. I think he's Ooh, on the. Fo- I know. I think. I think he's on the forty, yes. but I don't think they're married to him. No, not at all. I mean, the guys one has to show that he can stay healthy, and two, show that he can hit in Triple A Toledo. We know he can play a hell of a shortstop, um, and also can bounce around the diamond a little bit. He's even went out there and played in the outfield a little bit, so he can play all over the place. The big question is: is can he stay healthy, and is the bat going to be good enough? They don't have those answers yet. I think he's back to Toledo to start the year, but he's on the forty man. Yeah, he's on the 40. I, I would say that right now, you know, Zach Zach Short has taken his, you know, what would have been Ryan Kreidler's playing time. And there, there are quite a few similarities, although I do think Kreidler's a better defender. Um, but, but they have some similarities. So we'll see. I don't know if there's room for two of them. All right. Uh, Edis Leonard, um, who came over from the Dodgers, it played very little at AAA. And absolutely took everybody's uh, lunch money in the International League for <laughs> about 120 at bats. Uh, hit 302, eight homers, 17 walks in 40 games. Power uh, runs well, walked, p- played shortstop, second base, outfield. Uh, you know. He was kind of a revelation. People were loving him. It was hard not to, but uh, I don't, I don't, I, you know, obviously on the 40, they got a lot of players kind of like this, and they're going to start thinning the herd a little bit here soon. I promise you. Cole Keith needs a 40 man spot. Probably not going to take one up until they recall him, but keep that in mind. Yeah. My take on Nettie's Leonard is. I like what I'm seeing. I like the results in AAA Toledo. I don't really know enough about his game, what he does well, what he doesn't do well. But here's what I can tell you. This guy's 22 years old and the Dodgers didn't want to give him a look. They gave him away for cash considerations. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of what I have to work with. I think the Dodgers are a very smart organization. Um, I think they are great at player evaluations and they were willing to give up 22-year-old Eddie's Leonard who can play all over the place for cash considerations. That tells me something. I don't know what it tells me, but it tells me something. Well, it tells me that the Dodgers often are not afraid to give players up. Heck, they gave up Trey Turner. They gave up Corey Seager. I mean, so they give up players sometimes. But uh, they also have a lot of players that are fringy like this, and sometimes you just don't have have room for all of them. So That's part of it, for sure. That's part of it. All right, Andre Lipsius. Yeah, he's on the 40, man. Um, I think he stays in the 40, man, but... I think he's just infield depth at this point. I mean, look, he came up to, you know, look, he, look, okay. He came up in September. He's one of those September call-ups and, you know, 10 hits and 35 at-bats, but at the same time, didn't really get a ton of playing time. Wasn't an everyday guy in there. Didn't seem like a priority. Therefore, I view him as infield depth. I think he's in Toledo to start the 2024 season, but he's on the 40 man. All right. So I'm going to do a little something for the sake of time and the sake of discussion and, 
to kind of lead us to a point. So rather than do each of these guys individually, I'm going to pose a question to you. What do you get when you mix Ryan Kreidler, Edis Leonard, Andre Lipsius, Nick Maton, Tyler Nevin, and Wenzel Perez in a mixing bowl? What do you get? That's six players. What do you get? All on the 40. Do you need all six on the 40? No, not at all. Okay. And, so, that, and that's why I view it as Nick, Nick Maton. But Nick Maton, look, again, he doesn't have any minor league options remaining. So that's another situation where you can't option him to the minor leagues without removing him from the 40-man roster. That's how that process works. Joey Wentz in the same boat. You, 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 when you have, we don't have any minor league options left. You can't just go down to Toledo without being taken off the 40-man roster. So Nick Maton, I, I think, again, his time on the 40-man could be running out. Tyler Nevin doesn't have any minor league options remaining. He's gone. Wenzel Perez, I cannot wait to see him. He's a switch hitter. He does so many things well. He knows how to play second base, all three outfield positions, better in the outfield than the infield. He's a guy who's just 23. I love the switch hit. The Tigers need one of those guys on their roster. I think he might even be a front runner to earn a utility role on the opening day roster. But look, again, Nick Maton could be gone. Tyler Nevin could be gone. Andre Lipschitz probably stays just because he has those options. Eddie's Leonard, kind of the same thing. But I, I don't see Nevin or Maton back. Um, those here's are two my, guys that, that might end here, up going. Here's my point. I just gave you six names. Now add Zach Short into that. There's seven players. Yeah. You need probably gone. You need two of them to go up and down into major leagues because right now, if you're adding Cole Keith, you know, just understand that Zach McKinstry and Andy Abanez are locks. That's two of the four bench spots right there. Okay, so now you got. I don't seven. know about McKinstry, but all right, mm, I'm guaranteeing we'll get, we'll get, we'll, we'll, with we'll the, get to with, him with the defense he plays and the fact he hits left-handed and his versatility. He's a lock to me. That's just Cole my. Keith, left-handed. That's great, but I'm still telling you that your utility guys, first and foremost, need to be able to run and play defense, and those are the top two skills that Zach McKinstry has. So, All right. Well, let's, it, let, let's move it along, right? All right. Zach but my, Short, my, 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 no minor league. No, no, my, no, no, no. I get your point. Your point is there's a lot of guys that can there's be cut. There's guy, seven guys who are the same guy, okay? Only four <laughs> of them are staying on the 40. Three of them are getting voted off the island. So of the three of those seven guys, who's who's getting getting boosted? Nevin. Zach Short. Zach Nick Short. Maton. Nick Maton. So, and I will give you some latitude on this because they may survive December, but they aren't surviving April. Okay. That's that's gonna be the big thing is a lot of these guys that don't have any options remaining, you know, again. Once you're optioned again to spring training, if Nick Maton doesn't keep the team, make the team, the Tigers seem to option him to Toledo. He doesn't have any options remaining, so he has to run through the waiver process. All right. We're going to we're, we're gonna get to our last 10 guys, and we're going to take our last break. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So next guy up, Spencer Torkelson. You sure you want to keep him? Definitely want to keep him. Okay. And I think there's room for growth. All right. This guy hit 31 home runs, but he also hit 233. This is a guy that I think it, to really become that all-star caliber player, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to hate on him. People are going to get mad at me. They're going to get angry. I've seen it in my stories already. I think one of the comments on this story was like, wow, Evan's still hating on Torque. I'm not. I just think he can be an all-star type player. And he did not put up all-star type numbers in 2023. Let's just make that very clear. He had 31 home runs, but he was not all-star caliber. Okay, the guy was 1.4 F4. He can be a better all-around hitter. I think a lot of that comes down to swing path. I think game planning. I think sticking to a game plan, not selling out for home runs all the time. We saw how poor he was in runners in scoring position situations and bases loaded situations. I think he can get better in those areas of his game and be a true all-star first baseman. I think his defense could improve as well. I really do. Um, but I like what I saw. Again, 31 home runs. No one's going to complain. But there is so much more in Spencer Torkelson. He knows it. The Tigers know it. I know it. Mark, I know you know it. And I think we might see it next year. Oh, I, I, I think you're going into the offseason with a whole different, a whole different priority list for Spencer Torkelson. I, I, I mean, he had to do a lot of things to, uh, you know, it wasn't his his career wasn't you know having issues but he there needed to be required amount of growth and he ticked you know he he was outstanding this year as far as growing his game learning how to do what he needed to do to become a better hitter it started in Lakeland and it just continued progressing and being built upon during the course of the season now for next year, needs to improve his defense. His defense was an abysmal mess most of the year, although the last month he did show improvement. I'll give him that. So I think he knows how to play defense, Mark, but the problem is, is that he'll just go through these stretches where he doesn't look like he knows how to play defense. But I do think like from the instinct standpoint, from the way that he throws, like all these different things that he does, I think they're all solid for the most part, but then suddenly like just the wheels fall off the tracks and there's nothing for like a week at a time. And that's just unacceptable. Nah, I just think his footwork is pretty bad. Wasn't really sure how far to range left to right. And uh, he needs experience just uh, to give people an idea. Evan and I got uh, Texas just beat Houston 2 nothing. shut him out. Who had to do nothing shut out for game one? Surely not me. All right. Let, here's an interesting next. Uh, let's go over some outfielders. First up on the list, Akil Badu. I think he's on the 40. I'm not sure he's on the baseball team. Definitely on the 40, you know, going into the offseason and going through the offseason. Uh, but at some point, I think the Tigers might try to trade him. Look, I love what Akil Badu does in this sense. 11.8% walk rate, double-digit home runs, double-digit stolen bases. That's what he did in 2023. Tigers also have a ton of left-handed hitters that are going to be competing for key roles in the outfield. So when you have four different left-handed hitting outfielders competing for jobs, the odd man out, like that, that's going to happen. We ran into this conversation last year. I think you know this year is even more pressing because Akiba Du is not consistent. And the bad stretches outweigh the good. I love the walk rate. Double-digit home runs are good. Double-digit stolen bases are good. I think he's a perfect trade candidate. He just turned 25. There should be a ton of teams interested in trying to find ways to optimize him to get him better. 
and really try to unearth some consistency. I think the Tigers can play into that and maybe make a trade. I think that uh, he's shown flashes just too few since year one and he's the type of player that gets you fired because um, you keep waiting for the boom and just the boom doesn't happen. Never comes there. around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kerry Carpenter, lock, Kerry Bonds, what a year. Yeah, he struggled the last six weeks and somehow I find comfort in that because if you know Kerry Carpenter, it'll tick him off the entire uh off season in, he'll be working his ass off to get better. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a lock. Improved his batting average, walk rate, and his defense in the corner outfield spots. I, I think his defense got a little bit better too. Hands down, a lock. A lock. Uh, Tiger Superman Riley Green. Um, hopefully, rehab's progressing well. Uh, if you need somebody to cut your stake for you when you're in town. You can call uh, a 67-year-old man who doesn't live far from a few good places to eat steak. Uh, I think Riley Green is, without a doubt, a lock, and I'm expecting you, on my behalf, to check in with him to see how he's feeling shortly. He's a lock. Just stay healthy, man. Yeah. Zach McKinstry, um, we've had a love-hate relationship with uh, Jordan McKinstry. I think all in all, um, Exceeded my expectation, did a lot of bad things, did a lot of good things, um, but showed me some things I wasn't expecting, which were outstanding base running and uh, really terrific defense. Um, it's going to need to walk more. Can't just walk one out of six months and uh, would hope this hitting picks up a little bit. But all in all, a really pretty solid utility player. I disagree completely on this. Uh, again, I think he showed me more than I would have expected coming out of spring training, but I'm kicking myself because I didn't do it. I would love to go and I would love to take his entire season. I would like to remove the month of May and see what his overall numbers are. Because again, in May, like he, the, the dude was insane in May. I mean, the walk rate was just off the charts. The batting average was off the ch charts. The power was off the charts. And in every other month, it felt like he was struggling. It, it felt like he was going through slumps and going through bad stretches. I think the defense is good. I think he can put up a quality at bat at some points. But again, there were also long stretches of games where that guy went without being able to draw a walk. And so I, I want to go and, and Mark, maybe we can do this off to the side after the pod is just go through and, and say, okay, let's remove May and let's see what the numbers were. And I think you might have a different thought on keeping him around. I, I don't think so. Look, we, they have enough utility depth. They have enough infield depth. They have guys that can do both. And again, Zach McKinstry is a guy who doesn't have any minor league options. So you can't send him down to Toledo without running him through the waiver process and removing him from the 40-man roster. That's exactly the problem that the Cubs had at the end of spring training last season was, you know, they said, okay, we have no, we, we, we can't send this guy to the minor leagues without running him through the waiver process. Let's just make a deal for cast considerations. The Tigers picked him up and they ran with it. Maybe the same thing happens. Maybe the Tigers get the end of spring training and they say, yeah, we don't really you know, need to have him on our, our active roster, but at the same time, we can't just send him to Toledo. Maybe there's another team out there that would just you know, take him for some cash. I could see that happening. I really yeah. could. I mean, look, they, they have other left-handed hitters. I mean, Wenzel Perez and Nick Maytime both hit left-handed, so it's not like they couldn't replace him. And I understand how you feel about it. At the same time, I... Like I said, I, if I think like how A.J. Hinch thinks, um, likes the defense, and I think they think he can get better. So, uh, you know, he's on the 40. I, you know, we'll find out 
We'll find out how long he's ne- on the ne- 44. Ne- next April, but I, I think right now he's on the 40. Um, Parker Meadows. Parker Meadows is your friend. I think uh, there's your starting he's center, center fielder, too. Right. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need to spend a lot of time on that. We'll talk a lot about him during the winter. But the more interesting question is the last question of people on the 40 man, which is his brother, Austin Meadows. Yeah, I just want people to understand kind of what the Tigers have to deal with here is um, Austin Meadows is in the final year of arbitration eligibility. The question is going to be, do you pay him roughly $4.3 million to come back next year? I don't even know if that guy is going to be ready to play baseball again. He, he you know, missed almost the entire 2023 season with anxiety. He also missed the end of the 2022 season with anxiety as well. Um, I've tried to check in and just see kind of what's up in, in that whole situation. Haven't heard a whole lot. So I have no idea if he is even planning to play baseball. I have no idea if he plans to retire. I have no idea if he thinks that he can try to, you know, get ready to go by next spring and, and get going again. Like I, I have no idea where he's at. So I don't really feel good you know, talking about, Hey, you know, this is what could happen or this is what should happen. It really does come down to the fact that if he's ready to play baseball, I think the Tigers should consider him, you know, to be a part of their plans. If he isn't ready to play baseball, I don't think he should be part of their plans. I think it's almost as simple as that. And everything else needs to be sorted out as time goes on. And and, and we just don't really know all those, those questions and answers yet. All right. My answer is, is there's something in baseball called the restricted list and, uh, I feel pretty confident that's where he ends up. So he'll be, I don't think he's on the, you take up a 40 spot when you're on the restricted list. So um, they have to keep him around for the off season. I'm pretty sure. And then they can put yeah, him on. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I just, like I said, I don't think they're cutting him loose. I really don't. It's, it's it, it would, things would have to be pretty dire. So there's a way for them to both keep him and not have him take up a 40 spot while he's trying to work through his health issues. So, yeah, I think that's the way they go is put them on the restricted list. So bottom line is, you know, I gave you seven guys in that mix of utility infielders uh, plus Donnie Sands. So we're we're figuring three guys come off the 40 out of those seven plus Donnie Sands is four. Austin Meadows is five. We add them to the seven. You know, you got you got almost 12 spots takes you down to. Uh, 34 players. So I'm, we're probably being more aggressive about creating space on the 40 man than the Tigers will need to be. Um, but it was pretty easy to get rid of 12 players. You know that you missed a name, right? Who? Your good friend, Matt Veerling. Yeah, we're keeping Matt Veerling. So, but what do you uh, think about what do you think about his season? You think you think that was somehow like a psychological, you know, of you know, some men- mental issue that I just had about avoiding Matt Veerling. It, it was not intentional, but somehow I, I no, managed I know to do that. But I know, I know, I know you, you, yeah, you and Matt Veerling maybe don't, don't mix very well, but and I, think I think, yeah, I mean, he's a lock, obviously, but look, the guy, the guy's a fourth outfielder or he's a backup third baseman. I think that's what it really comes down yeah, to. That, that's, that's who Matt yeah. Veerling is. He's a lock. The, the bottom line is, you know, the Tigers have, it could easily make up to 12 spots on the 40. We didn't even include, uh, in a, you know, Miguel creating a spot. Now we're down to 30, 30, 13, you know, including Miguel. I think we got the other, the other free agents folded into, uh, what we were doing to make room. But the bottom line is, I think it says a lot of things before we, we sign off here and then we're going to give some fast 
picks before we get off too. But, you know, the Tigers won 77 games. But if your system and your roster was was damn good, it wouldn't be so easy to get it down to 33 guys, including the guys on the 60-day IL and your pending free agents. So they got some work to do improving the depth quality of their roster, um, to say the least, because I promise you if they do do a good job, uh, it'll be a lot harder to do this next year when we go through this in 2024. And that's the goal for every major league front office that's going through this process is when you're, when you're in this situation that the Tigers are in, you're trying to build up and, and be better and better and better. Those decisions are going to get tougher as time goes on. And that's exactly what, you know, a guy like Scott Harris is going to want. He wants those tough decisions. Those are important. And um, yeah, I mean, we cleared a lot of spite, a lot of spots, obviously going through this evaluation, but those are all spots that are going to be needed, both for yeah, protecting so, guys from the Rule 5 draft, right. making moves, you know, free agency and trade, adding Cole Keith and Justin Henry Malloy ahead of the, the opening day roster. Like, those are all moves and right. spots that are going to be needed. And hopefully, you know, when it comes around to next offseason, we have a little bit more trouble with this. Hopefully. And I'm sure they're going to add a few players during the winter because I just can't see them doing nothing. All right, before we get out of here, Two big playoff series prior to the World Series. We got Houston, Texas. Give me your thoughts. Who do you got? Yeah, I, I texted you before the, the game one started of uh, Rangers-Astros. I said, I'm going to take the Rangers in six. And then also, Diamondbacks-Phillies, I'm taking D-backs in five. So I'm looking at a Texas Rangers-Arizona Diamondbacks date in the World Series. Yeah, I got the Phillies in five. Um, the Phillies are just a juggernaut of a baseball team. It is indeed, but you know what? Lately, doesn't mean much when that happens. All right, we've uh, completed another week. It's the off season. Um, we've reviewed the forty. We'll have other fun stuff. We're going to have some guests, hopefully, some people actually maybe hopefully want to come and be guests. Uh. But I know uh, it's getting late. Savannah's waiting for you. So I want to uh, thank our executive producers, Kirk Crawford and Anjanette Delgado, our producer, Robin Chan, my grandson, Braden Michael Gorash, and to my partner, Evan Petzl. Hope you have a great week and peace. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.